Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to the Round 9 episode of the SC Report. There was no Teamless Tuesday uh, podcast up yesterday. Sorry about that, just didn't have the time. But we're going to run through all the teams today. And as per usual, Justin, thank you for coming on board. I thought you might have been a no-show after your rough morning. Well, it was my morning, mate. I had a fine morning. So we got out. We got right. out in the sunshine, the fresh air. Played a bit of, uh, bit of solo sport. Less said about that, the better. But uh, yeah, it's just good to get out, get out of bed. Uh, you're pretty cranky, mate. You're pretty cranky. Yeah, yeah. There was well, a, there was a moment there when Shocky and I thought that you were going to talk to us for a couple of holes. Well, I can't delete the chat if it's uh, real life. So, <laughs> no. and, and I am actually quite surprised that you're joining me tonight. I thought that you weren't going to talk to us today, but now you're here. You've turned up. You must be in a much better mood. And now you've got your beer into your mug, which is a, a great symbol of the JT that we know. Um, so thank you. I really appreciate it because you are going to carry this podcast. You are ranked, whoa, 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 whoa. ranked in the top 3,000 or so, I think, compared to me, 31,000. Um, nothing I can do this year is making any difference. So um, I think I might have mentioned on a chat that you are back in um, yesterday and said, why am I even bothering? Um, but that is it. We love it, and we love thinking about the trades, and that's also what we're going to be focusing on today too. So, JT, what do we have coming up uh, on today's pod? Well, a bit of everything. So, I mean, it's probably best we start with one of the good things we've done all year, like our super coach is not going that ideally, but our best bets uh, all the money going to Movember. How good did that go last round? Well, flying, but mine, I, th- I was pretty happy with that, but talk me through yours. You had an absolute scorcher. And it's a it's a rare occasion where that actually pays off. But yeah, I tipped uh, the storm. I think it was one to twelve with Josh Adokar anytime try score paying about nine dollars. So that was the uh, the big opener bet to start us off. And um, yeah, courtesy of a Brian Pappenhausen field goal. I don't think he's ever kicked one in his life. Apparently, and uh, the old penalty given away by Jake Friend. So it just like all the pieces fell into place. Uh, great Kickstarter, ten dollars on that one. So a nice little uh, hundred dollar uh, bonus to our kitty. So November, they are, yeah, we're flying two from two because you carried us home. Yeah, I did. I had a little cheeky multi uh, with the Knights, uh, negative one and a half. Luckily, got the uh, extra half a point. Um, some of the, the, the bookies wanted it back in just before kickoff, so got that. And then uh, had the Rabbitohs uh, minus uh, 11 and a half, uh, which proved to be very, very handy. I think it was Gagai that got the intercept with oh. about a, a minute to go just to carry us across the line. So, 
Yes, very lucky there. Um, but all all the money raised uh, will be going to directly to Movember. So we started off with a hundred dollar kitty. Um, so now what we're sitting with two hundred and thirty dollars in that kitty now. So a fantastic start. Um, should we'll give our best bets to the end, but that's just where we're sitting. So all funds raised for Movember. We're going to have a bit of fun with this throughout. So just stay tuned, and we'll give our best bets and also a long shot. Let's, uh, well, before we jump into the teams, just a reminder, if you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, please do. Uh, it's, it helps you find the pod automatically on whatever platform you're using. And then also, if you haven't had an opportunity to review the podcast, please also do that. We like the feedback and we all, it also helps us with jumping up the charts a little bit. Okay, let's get on to the teams. Your boys versus the Roosters tomorrow night. Justin, talk me through what's happening there. A few shocks. Yeah, well, they're not my best bet like they were a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, hammer time. Hamizo, HTF, uh, into fullback and Valentine Holmes, a million-dollar man on the wing. Uh, that's That was the news coming out of Tuesday. But then we've heard today, um, Jonas have had a real good day of it. So they've just come out and said uh, Valentine's Holmes. what? The, the Broncos, <laughs> Titans, backflipping. Oh. Uh, oh, mate, just... Um, uh, they've, 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 well, I don't want to get into another Barney with the Brisbane-based Jonas, but they've had a... You had a shock in the last 24 hours. Right, that ganged up on you big time. We were talking about how chummy they are and how uh, a little bit too cute they are with the whole Broncos hierarchy, given the one-team town and the fact they're owned by the Cur- or News Limited. Uh, yeah, the, the tough questions aren't getting asked there. But, yeah, back to the Cowboys and Roosters. So Val Holmes apparently did his ankle at training, but then uh, and that, I think the mole tweeted that out of all people. And then the, the clubs apparently texted in to say, no, he's fine. He made it through training and he's going to play. So... No idea what's going on there. Uh, the ankle is obviously the one that uh, Val did against the Warriors a couple of weeks ago, and you know he was, he was sort of rushed back last week. But um, but yeah, big news there for for Hermizo owners. So uh, a lot of people brought into him as a, a cheapie a couple of rounds ago, and uh, yeah, he was rested last week, but uh, given full faith. So really excited to see how he how he goes here. It's a very tough assignment. Um, the Roosters, the way that they've been playing this year, they're, yeah, they're unreal. And I think a lot of super coaches are jumping onto uh, players they can get left, right, and center. Uh, so outside of that, nothing too much doing for us from a super coach perspective. Poor Jazzy O'Neill, Tom Upperchick, they go. But uh, yeah, cause See deck, boys. decks on a on the tight deck chairs on the Titanic. Uh, this get there, one. mate. Get there. <laughs> okay, it's, a, it's this pure blonde. Uh, but yeah, for the for the Chooks, so a couple of changes for them. Ryan Hall replaces Daniel Tupo, who's out with a uh, syndesmosis injury. I think eight weeks was the quote for him. So uh, yeah, big Ryan Hall comes into the side around three hundred odd k, three fifty odd k. Very interesting proposition uh, going forward. He didn't have the best of years last year, and the coming off the knee injury as well. And he, I don't think he's had a start, maybe one or two this year. Um, but yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's still searching for his first NRL try, but uh, very interesting option this year. Uh, you've yeah, got so just uh, on on just on Hall there. So he's played the two games this year. Um, I think scores within the the forties, but really the the base is what's doing it. So what, what what's appealing for me? I think um, thirty four base so far across those two games. Um, break even in the thirties and price at three hundred and sixty. And if you can get a, a Roosters winger, it's priced at that point. We've seen what. Um, Morris has done and also Tupo so far this year. Uh, so with that base, just how well they're playing, as you pointed out, um, you know, you, there's got to be attacking stats there. So 
Um, I definitely wouldn't be um, telling anybody who's brought thinking about bringing Hall in this week to not. I think it's a great play, and if I had a third trade this week, I'd probably be doing it. Yeah, I mean, they've just got uh, options all over the park, as we've said. So, I don't know, I'm a little bit more uh, hesitant to go a guy like Hall. He's already that awkward sort of 334K. Um, hasn't shown a great deal in his uh, short stint in the NRL. So, I think... Um, Superstar whilst- over in the Super League, though, and has been hampered by an ACL. So, second year back from that. So, it's generally the year that they start to perform, but... That's true, but it is an interesting year. So he's sat on the sidelines for this long and had a couple of games, as you said, but really not enough to get the match fitness up and he's getting on in years. So, I mean, yeah. Look, yeah. we haven't made a stake bet in a while. Sure. Are you, are you, are you open for a, a little stake bet? The uh, The restaurants are back fine. We're not in Victoria. We can actually <laughs> go and live our lives. Thank um, God for that. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll bet a stake, Justin, and I, I know it. It's if I if I lose or win this, I'm really winning because I get to spend some more time with you. So I'm happy to do this. Um, I think that um, Hall averages over 55 points per game until Tupo comes back. So discounting his first two games, I suppose, with his 45 average from those. Hmm, 55. Well, the mighty Cowboys might steal their defense up and uh, maybe just let all the points go through Brett Morris's hands. So sure thing, mate. Just yet another stake right. bet you won't pay out on. Shout out Sparky. Lock it, lock it down. Oh, that's rubbish, mate. How many tickets <laughs> to the Suckup Stadium do you want? Uh, they're not stakes, mate. You can't eat the tickets. But uh, yeah, Ryan Hall, 55 or oh, 54 and under. So yep, I like it. Let's do it. Lock it Let- Let's let's move along. We've spent five minutes on the freaking Cowboys again. Um, so the, the other big noise there is Cordner out with the HIA. Titans versus the Warriors, which is the, their first Friday game. Um, I don't know. This could be uh, – who knows what's going to happen. I think the line here is one and a half points. Uh, it's basically a pick em. Uh, No idea. Uh, so for the Titans, you've got Ferner that's shifting from the edge to the centres. Uh, impressed last week. Bottom – Dollar second row edge forward scored, I think, 79, but um, that could be short-lived. So we'll see how it goes there. It could be a bit of an AE nightmare if, if that's mm. what is going to happen. Um, and you got Spiriads debuting on the wing. Uh, that's an interesting one. But, again, um, are we really that interested in a Titans winger? Probably what was not. His name? What did you just say? I'm going for Spiri. Spry, S-P-R-Y. I did say that. <laughs> Spiri, righto. Sorry, continue. I've had a beer and a half. Uh, Tavanga is back uh, for the Warriors. And, and what do you think that kind of impact is going to have on your boy, Tohu? Mm, oh, he's been such – he's, yeah, very much a shining light for my year this year. But, um, yeah, that's been the you know, the risk. Jazz has been out extended uh, since basically the COVID break. And we've always been wondering when he comes back, he's just that gun through the middle. Um, he's basically going to play the role that Tohu did in a, in a couple of weeks. But for now, he's coming in off the bench, so being eased in. Um, I think they've got Carl Lawton named at uh, the lock position this week and, and Tohu on in the 12. Not that that's meant much for Tohu over the last couple of months he just plays through the middle and uh, gets the job done but I think yeah unfortunately if I'm going to be the pessimist here I think as a Tohu owner I'm probably holding on for him for a couple more weeks um, just to see how he goes maybe if he does shift back to that edge 
But I think yeah. if, if Tavanga comes back in in the form that he had, uh, maybe not so much last year, but the year before that, he was just, uh, you know, offloading beast, tackle machine. Um, I think, yeah, that's, that's probably he's going to steal those sort of base stats from Torhu. And Torhu's been all base this year. So very few attacking stats. It's been his work rate through the middle that's made him such a, a gun. Um, enough, yeah. mate. Enough. Enough. No I know you love him. I know you love him. But I'm saying like in a couple of weeks, I don't have high hopes for his, uh, the Warriors team and having him on the edge. Like he started the year there and I think he got a couple of 50s. So if that's the case, then they might have to move him on and, and upgrade him. But uh, he's done his job. Oh, he's been fantastic. So not don't get nervous yet, owners, but just see how this plays out. I think Tavanga um, has been known to cop an injury as well here and there. So he could be, um, you know, just wait and see how this plays out. Uh, Nicarima is out with a HIA. Uh, so that's been a bit of a failed experiment, I think, if you were looking to bring him in as a bit of a pot option. Um, South's first Tigers in the second Friday game. So Braden Burns is out for the season, um, which then opens a spot for James Roberts. So Roberts had that negative four, I think, last round or the, or the week before. He's He's got a break even in the high 80s, I believe, um, this week. So he's going to be close to 300K or something for next round. And at that price range, it's worth a look. Yeah, it is. He's been eased in off the bench and uh, had those couple of spells. That's why his price is down so high. But, um, yeah, if he's the James Roberts of old, yes, but a huge question marks over where his head is and, and you know, the form he'll, he'll carry. But with that huge break, even we can look at him. So the Sharks versus the Panthers. I think this is the first game on the Saturday. You've got Matt Morland out again with a soft tissue injury. Uh, just seems to happen every couple of weeks. Just uh, feel sorry for him and for the Sharks having invested in in him as well. Uh, Josh Dugan moves to fullback. That's going to be interesting from a super coach perspective. I think I like to see Dugan there. Um, but what that also does mean is that the left winger should actually get some ball finally. <laughs> so um, uh, I'm interested to see what happens to Siona Katoa um, because I think that Katoa did play on the left wing for two games um, after the uh, we came back from our COVID break and one of those games was with, was with Ronaldo and the other game was with Hiroti. So um, let's just see what happens there. But if you're an owner of Katoa, you just wait and see um, and let's play this out. And then To'o uh, is out for a while, I think about three months, it seems, with a bad ankle injury. Uh, that sees Brett Naden uh, come in onto the wing. Uh, for the Broncos and the Bulldogs, oh. I mean, this is another another pick'em game. Bloody hell, 5.30 on a Saturday Absolutely crazy. No changes to the 17 last week for the Broncos. Absolutely amazing. But uh, you've got Stags and you've also got Matty Lodge on the bench. So probably going to see some changes here, I think. Um, they've picked some. They've picked Oates in the, the second row. We're going to talk about him a little bit later on. But you, I can see him probably getting dropped with Lodge coming in, um, Pangai then moving to the back row. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, this, change could cha- this side could change a lot. Um, coming into the game day. Uh, the next one is Luke Thompson makes his debut for the Bulldogs. So he was an impressive player in the Super League, but he, he doesn't come in at a cheap price. So you're talking about um, Ryan Hall being awkwardly priced. Well, I think uh, Thompson's at 480. So that kind of value, you can't really go near him, can you? No, not at all, especially in a Bulldog side. Um, and the guy was, I think, training in the gym by himself for two weeks uh, while in lockdown. So match fitness is is you know non-existent. And you've got a guy like uh, Fatala Mariner who's, who's killing it there in a way for the Bulldogs. So I mean, he's the guy you'd look to. But I guess not, not much else to say about the game other than that 
you know, I stand, I live in Brisbane or whatever. If you're a dead set Broncos fan and you want to call yourself that going forward, you get down to this game at Suncorp and you cheer your boys on. I'm, I'm, I can't I'm, go. I'm a bit, why can't you go? Because they're not letting anybody in other than members. They are. So they, I, you, can, you can go and I'm sure well, that the 10,000. I'm telling you, I tried last time and, um, you know, I'm pretty fortunate and, and I've, yes. I haven't paid for a ticket at Suncorp for about 10 years. Well, that got, that, um, got golden ticket got thrown out the window recently, and um, to go try to purchase my ticket to go and see the Broncos, and was told, um, no, you can't because they've been allocated to members. And then I was very disappointed that um, if they didn't get ten thousand or whatever, that um, they're only allocating tickets to members. And I think the Broncos have got a, a lot of members, uh, and also they've got the Suncorp Stadium members as well. Um, so it is quite difficult. To go, so for just the average punter out there, um, agree. But it is a bit of a, a challenge with yeah. how they're they're running a ballot. That's fine, but the thing is, I'm just over the whole of the Brisbane Broncos fan base turning on their side. I mean, you stick with them through the tough times. Can I'm just sick of that. Like you have angry. never just stop being you angry. Guys- I don't think I've seen a smile on your face for about three weeks. Like it was golf, the Cowboys. Every time the Cowboys lose, you just disappear. And now you just you've got a massive chip on your shoulder because the Broncos, yes, well, so what? We're not a poorly run club, and we've always been successful. Boo, fucking who? Yeah, I'm sorry. the The tough times <laughs> build character, mate. When that field goal went over by JT in the 2015 Grand Final, all those years of you know running wooden spoon, and we, we didn't beat you guys until 2004. That's how long it took. It, uh, well, it builds mate, character. Uh, you guys need to back your team it, in the tough it, times if you're going to enjoy it, the the good ones. It, it builds character, and 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 I would think that um, as a Cowboys fan, you'd have a little bit more resilience than what you show after a loss. You you literally, it's like you you've disappeared for forty eight hours. Oh, Cowboys are playing. See you later, JT. I mean, if you're talking about a bad side, like surely you're just used to them losing. I'm not used to having to listen to your rubbish while your thigh is going so terribly, mate. That's the worst part. You like to dig it in. Similarly with your golf today, mate. Uh, I mean, I was just as bad as you. And sim- you're a bit outside. I can our see sides, your face from here. A little bit rattled. Our sides are as bad as each other, so I can't even enjoy it. Anyway, let's move. Let's move on. Raiders. I, 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 Raiders I, I, I'm sorry, JT. You know I love you. Um, <laughs> so just just the last thing on um, the Bulldogs. I know you just made a comment about Thompson might not be a great super coach um, performer because it's the Bulldogs. But what I would say is um, the Bulldogs forwards have actually been quite good this year from super coach. Look at Aiden Tolman's killing it. Uh, Adam Elliott was performing really well. And then, um, well, you've got uh, RFM that's also doing some really good stuff as well. So um, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I'd I mean, say Aiden, you wouldn't jump on, just wait. No, I mean, Aiden Tolman's, you know, the most serviceable prop in, in the game. He doesn't do anything flashy, but um, yeah. Five 70 points or something last week. Yeah, that's well. it. And, and he always does. No matter what, when the Bulldogs are down on forwards, he's the guy that steps up. Uh, 65 minutes last week. If he can continue to get that, he's a great he's a great buyer. But yeah, you just don't want to see a lot of bulldogs in your in your super coach side. Unfortunately, they just they can be poison at times. All right, let's move on to the Raiders vs Storm. Before we do that, you're right, JT. We're we're okay. We're friends again. We're all good. <sighs> we're lucky. We're socially distant, mate. <laughs> Raiders vs the Storm. So this is um, spoiler alert. I do like this game from a betting angle. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So there's huge injury issues at the Raiders in the forwards. Um, they're pretty depleted at the moment. So Horsburgh gone, Bateman gone, and now they've lost um, Gula and also Soliolo as well. So um, 
some pretty pretty big injury news there. Um, what that does point to me is that um, Papali could be um, set for some big minutes and possibly a pretty big increase in his super coach output going forward. Yeah, he's, he's always a tough one to, to watch because I've, I've looked at him last week when I was um, trying to trade in a prop forward and I ended up with Clemmer. I just looked at Papali and the only games he's really scored big so far this year have been when he's scored tries and he, he does get across the strike every now and again, which, which helps. But um, just week to week, the base isn't there. Um, whether that changes now that he's got to you know, um, have a bit more of the workload going forward is, is the question. But based on what he's done so far this year and a guy similar in a similar vein is, is Marty Tapao, who we'll get into. But um, just so far, I haven't really liked what I've seen from Papali from a base standpoint, and that's what you want as, as a front row forward. But the guy... He's got that. Sorry, sorry yeah. you go. I was going to say no, the guy I was uh, the guy I was interested in last week just to see how he went was Hudson Young. Uh, so the guy that's been out for for you know months and well I guess a year almost with this uh, eye gouging thing, but he came back and um, I think he had a couple of line breaks in his first game back and last week he he again played the full eighty but um, didn't get through the work rate I thought he would. So he's a guy that I thought given all the um, injury carnage going on there and the Bateman stuff and all that business he'd step up to the plate. Um, so he's one I've, I'm keeping an eye on at 374k, but um, based on last week, I probably wouldn't. Uh, yeah, he hasn't set the world on fire. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of interest there. But I, I think in the end, the way the Raiders play their game is just, uh, you know, they keep the rotations fairly steady. The bench guys will continue to get decent minutes. I don't see Papali pushing out 60 or anything like that, 65, which would make him a very valuable option. But yeah. Oh, well, it was, push, it was punching out higher 50s before last week. I think he had minutes of. Uh, 50 or 45 last week and before that he was um, close to 60 so let me just bring up um, those stats now but as as I'm doing um, that just briefly just talk through uh, and what you're saying about versus to power I think that um, uh, he's and he has shown it historically but he does have an ability to score a try um, which is you know I think does separate him a little bit and um, need those stats from the past years, but uh, from memory, he has performed really well over that second half of the year. Takes a little bit while to to gather that um, that fitness, but once he does, it's it's good to see. So, uh, in round seven, uh, sixty one minutes. Round six, fifty four minutes. Round five, fifty nine, fifty nine, fifty one, forty five, and fifty. So, um, is it going to go up though? That's the thing. Like he's already. You know, almost at an hour for some of those games. Like, I don't really see too much of an uplift in, in minutes, uh, despite the injuries there. Um, but yeah, he didn't have a game over 60 outside of the two games he's, he scored tries in, which, you know, I looked at that and just thought, Dave Clemmer is a guy that just offloads at will. Um, he'll, he'll bank a 70. He won't get the attacking stats. I don't think he's scored a try in years, but, yeah. um, front row forward to pair with Payne Haas, um, Papali's your more like draft pick, I would say, the guy that's well, going to go yeah. large occasionally. I mean, if you have a look at what he did last year, um, start of the season, average 59, middle of the season, 58, and then came home in rounds 19 to 26 with an average of 80. Which is surprising because um, that's usually post-origin, which Papali would play all three games in. So, yeah, Well, yeah, but he, 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 he seems to just take a while to get fitness, but from memory as well, there was quite a few tries scored. I, yes. I don't remember if you recall, there was probably like four weeks or three weeks in a row that he just kept on scoring tries. Um and I think potentially he's going to do the same thing um, now. But um, one to watch, um, definitely, if you're looking to shore up that front row, <coughs> excuse me, position. Um, let's move on to the Knights versus the Eels. This is going to be a pretty interesting game 
this one, I think. So the Knights have got some pretty big, well, pretty large injuries with uh, Lee and Matarutai as well. Um, what are, What are your thoughts on Tex Hoy coming in for uh, Lee on the wing? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, you know, you'd need your resident Knights expert Lakey to to answer this one. But 185k on the wing, um, available at five eight though, which makes him quite interesting. Yeah, especially because a lot of people are carrying Jerome Luai, um, even playing him week to week as <laughs> Mister Eleventh himself, Nick Kirkup is. Um, I still don't know how that's how that's going, but um, yeah, it's I don't know. Year, mate. It's two thousand twenty. <laughs> it's it's a crazy old year, but um, yeah, if you if you wanted to downgrade someone that you know potentially you look at Texoy, but you worry about him in the back end of the year when you know we talk about AE nightmares, auto emergency nightmares, just nothing. Well, that's it. Guys that are going to come on down the track and play, you know, five minutes and score two points and ruin any chance of a loop and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Tex Hoy just has that written all over him. Um, I know the injury to Edric Lee is a bit of a long-term one, but you're thinking uh, beyond that later in the season. I don't think, yeah, I haven't seen much out of Tex Hoy that would, you know, inspire a lot of confidence having him on the wing and making a massive cash cow. Look, to be honest, man, I think he's actually been quite good when I've, whenever I've seen him come on and playing in those short short bursts that he has this year. So just having a look at his minutes. And the one game that he played, so I remember he replaced Ponga at fullback uh, in round yep. three. Uh, play, had 54 points in 90 minutes. Apart from that, um, so if you look at last week, I, played, I think he played 74 minutes with Edric Lee going off quite early, only for 24 points. So um, that's what can happen. But that, that game against Manly was pretty uh, defensively difficult for either side to, to score too many points. Yeah. Um, super coach perspective. Um, I mean, why I'm probably going to look at bringing him this weekend is that it does um, – I really like the fact that he's in 5'8". So what I'm able to do is shift Luai to halfback um, and allows me now to have a cover for both SJ and also Cleary if anything happens to those guys because I can switch Luai with SJ if needed um, because they're both duels. And then Hoy is my backup 5'8". We'll never, ever play him, but just hopefully maybe he can jag a couple of tries – um, earn a bit of cash and then nuff him out in uh, six weeks or something. And then I, I, I've missed out on the likes of a HDF and a couple of those guys and and Tuala and, and uh, missed out on, on the cash generation there. So need to see something else uh, yeah. is, is my, my thoughts. Uh, Ponga, he's been named. So we're going to talk about him soon as well. But uh, HIA, there was a little bit of doubt, but he's been named, so that's good news. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's his second one for the year, though, and, and late in the game as well. So he, he recovered from his last one and played the next week. But again, as the season wears on and he keeps copping these head knocks, um, you know, that's always a, a concern. But um, looks to be fine for this one, which is good. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get into him. But yeah, it's a very interesting one. And then for the Eels, you've got Yutoi Kamanu, uh, well who will make. Uh, name for the Eels. So he's one to watch. He was a bit of a darling of the preseason from from memory. So it'll be good to see um, if he can do something from a Supercoach perspective. But I guess the coaches are getting a little bit past down grading to cash cows at this point in time. And Nathan Brown returns from suspension. So they're the changes there. For the Dragons, the last game of the round, before we take a quick break and come back with our trades discussion. Um, so uh, this is pretty interesting and, and it's... We'll see if this happens, but McGuinness has finally been, been named at lock and Hunt will start the game at hooker. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you reckon they'll stay that way or make a late change before the game? 
Oh, it's really weird because you look at the bench and they've got four forwards. So is the assumption there that um, Hunt plays 80 or does Hunt play the first stint and then McInnes shift to there and just do the reverse of what they've been doing the last few weeks? Um, I, I really, think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but I mean, now McInnes is playing in, you know, at lock through the middle. Tarek Sims being back um, pushes him out. So big question marks on McInnes for mine. So if I'm looking at, you know, you've got Crichton, you've got Maddo, you've got Torhu, who we've spoken about, and a few of these other guys, including McInnes, in your second row and you're looking to bring him in, I'd be I'd be a little concerned about McKinnis just because we don't know how this is going to play out. What's going to happen. Yeah, and, and uh, what, what the rotation will be. I mean, I'm kind of thinking that, um, and I've got no idea, I'm just... Um, oh, we knew, um, we knew that. We've known that for years, mate. Yeah, I'm just talking shit right now, but this is potentially maybe... Maybe they're not getting enough out of Hunt um, after he comes on, um, and because I thought the the play would be that he'd come on when the forwards have tired a little bit and just um, make a couple of cheap runs out of dummy half, but not really getting that. So maybe what they're going to do is start Hunt at hooker and then look to shift McInnes to hooker when the forwards get tired because they're probably, you know, McInnes is having a fantastic year and uh, making a lot of darting runs and stuff. So maybe they just think they're going to get more out of um, more out of it that way by reversing it. So who knows? Don't know. Um, we'll find out. Um, it's Mary. We've got no idea what's happening. <laughs> for Manly, Fanua Blake, uh, he's out for two weeks currently, but I haven't really looked into this, but they're looking at a further suspension for the guy. Uh, he carried on with it. So I think uh, hot off the press, and I was just having a look there, but I'm pretty sure that um, uh, he's just getting a $20,000 fine instead of a, a further suspension. So um, on... 50% or 70% pay or whatever they are. That's a bit of a stinger this year. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the obvious impact here is Martin DePau. So he was shaping up as a pretty, well, one of the buyers of the week, I'd say, priced just a little bit above 400K, which is super cheap. Um, he's probably set for a bigger role in the side without uh, Fenua Black. Yeah, again, like Papali, um, I haven't seen much from him to suggest he's going to step up and, and fill in those extra minutes and that kind of thing. But uh, we're going to get into the segment a bit later on, but definitely a fall and gun at the price there. And and you look at some of the forward pack, they've got Paseca also a starting front row and not the big motor and, and that sort of massive output there. So uh, Tapao is going to be the guy that needs to carry him on. So if there's ever going to be a time that he steps up, uh, it will be now. But if I can, 10 seconds before we go on, this AFB stuff with the referee, uh, if the referees called AFB the stuff that he uh, shouted at them, like we'd be calling for the ref to be sacked. That's that bad. Uh, and I think you get fans coming out and saying it's in the heat of the moment and all this sort of stuff. Well, that doesn't wash because how many other players have, uh, you know, maintained their composure? You look at Daly Cherry Evans after the game. He, he acknowledged it was a referee's call. They had the 80 minutes to... to you know, play the game out. AFB, that's, it's disgraceful. Um, you cannot abuse someone in your workplace like that. I know it's footy, but um, that's just not on. If it was, the shoe was on the other foot, the referee would be sacked. You are fired up tonight. Well, but yeah. I like it. That's a good point. Um, but you're dead, you're dead right. That, um, that post-match uh, press conference or, or post-match interview that DCE gave is probably, that's the reason why he's the captain of Queensland and um, Fenua Black's, well, he can't be, but in terms of a leadership role, I thought that was outstanding composure from DCE um, and um, really spoke to, to where they're both probably at. So uh, good points there to Powell. Um, yeah, we're going to speak about him. So let's just take a very quick break. We've hit the half an hour mark. So uh, pretty much bang on. Let's hit the break and then we're going to come back with trades. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so we're talking trades for round nine now. Uh, big question to the week, JT. There's probably no bigger than what to do at fullback. We've got Gutherson, which has been who's been amazing over the past two weeks, particularly with uh, Moses out. Ponga uh, is is kind of suffering a little bit, a uh, little bit below par performance against you boys, and then the HIA last week and uh, score of eighteen, I think, or nineteen, and then Teddy. Up against the Cowboys, your boys featuring a lot. Mm. Uh, but a break-even of 160. So heaps of discussion and thought here. Let's start with Gutho. Is he a buy? Matt, I have deliberated on this. I'm not going to do it personally. But I just think back to last year when I bought Gutho basically on the, on the same premise. He'd, he'd been killing it for a few weeks. Um, you know, his price was skyrocketing and all that. And, and we remember what happened at Magic Round. Um, it was fucking hilarious. It was. And uh, I vowed never again to go for, for the king. Um, and I know, like, there's a, there's a couple of cons. He's had the game, a couple of games against uh, pretty useless opposition um, and all of that. You've got Mitch Moses coming back, although it's uh, looking a lot further away than we first thought. Um, but again, you're buying a guy sort of um, on almost at his peak, and if anything, it's chasing last week's points. And if you look at his his matchups over the coming weeks, they're a little tougher, and you'd expect a bit further, a bit more of a staunch defensive line um, this time around. So you got the Knights there uh, at their home ground, which should make a difference for them. And then after that, you've got Manly, who are on a night game, who are pretty stingy themselves. Um, and then the Tigers. So you're sort of really hoping that Ponga, uh, sorry, that Gutho can uh, can carry that form on. On the on the other side, though, like it's it's almost a year just to make these sort of trades. Normally, you'd say, and I'm assuming we're going the whole Ponga to Gutho thing. That's that's the deliberation a lot of coaches are going with. Um, Seems to be, yeah. But yeah, like the whole thing, like don't trade a don't trade out a gun and don't chase last week's points and all that kind of thing. But then on the other, you've got max trades. Um, why not go for it? So, you know, a lot of people will say, hang on to Ponga, he'll come good, he'll come good. But looking at his game over the last couple of weeks and the way that teams are kicking away from him, uh, the fact that he's had two HIAs in one year, um, he just doesn't want to run the ball. So you compare him to Gutho, who probably made like 20 runs over the weekend, was sniffing in and around the ruck because the Eels forwards love throwing offloads. Junior Paulo killed it last week. You compare him to Kalen Ponga, where the Knights forwards just, didn't really aim up outside of maybe Clemmer. And you compare, like, he does kick goals, that's fine. So does Guffer. Like, mm. 
yeah, you're trading one guy who looks to be on the rise with a, a guy like Ponga who's got a lot of crosses next to his name. The only reason I'm holding on to Ponga this week personally is just because I've got to firm the, the forward back up. So making a, a few big changes in the second row there. And, you know, I'm hanging on to Ponga on the hope that he turns it around. But if they keep with this game plan of not giving the ball to Ponga on the left edge and parking him on the right um, and just him being an absolute cat and giving the ball on whenever he's trying to run the ball back, like, yeah, why not go for Gutho this week? Yeah, you've made some really, really valid points there. And um, I won't say I don't have too much to add because I do. Um, sure. What do you say, uh, okay, just straight off the bat, would you trade out Ponga for Gutho this week? Well, I'm in the exact that position, right? And, and I, I know that I've spoken to you already this week. It's, it's one of my three options. I can't remember if I have because you probably left that WhatsApp group. But um, <laughs> it was it was either, um, well, one of them anyway is Ponga to Gutho. Um, and the thought there is exactly what you've said. You made some fantastic points. Basically, it's a cash grab in, in a in a sort of a, a weird way, right? You're trading out a keeper that's going to drop about 100K for a, I'd still say, for a Gutho who is a non-keeper um, who could generate you 100K. Um, and he's a stepping stone to Teddy. That's the only way that I'm looking at. Otherwise, you're trading in Gutho this week and then potentially in three weeks you're trading Gutho back to Ponga and making the difference up. But then you've got Gutho who comes up against, uh, the, the, I think they've got the, the Bulldogs and the Dragons and I don't know if Moses is going to be back. So... It's a very interesting um, op- option or decision to do. And if you had a watch last week, um, without Moses, they're definitely going left more. Um, and it seems to really be quite beneficial to Gutho because he gets the ball from Brown and then seems to really favour his left side passing. Um, so cutting out um, the centre and going straight to Sibo happened four times um, and 166 <laughs> points later, right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, I can see it, but... In terms of who they're playing um, next week, so what they've got the Knights, and then they've got um, uh, then they've got Manly, I believe. Yep. Um, so the Knights have conceded the uh, least amount of points to fullbacks this year, and then Manly's conceded the eleventh uh, uh, least amount of points. So coming up a lot against a very difficult um, opposition, and the way that I'm looking at it is, and I think back to what I did with Moses, oh, sorry, with with um, with Munster. Uh, exactly your point, traded out a gun, Munster, four drink quarter, cash generation, and just bit me in the ass, right? Munster looked gone. He said, this isn't working. Um, all the stats with Jerome Hughes playing alongside him, uh, it's just, and then he comes out and does 80s and 90s. So I'm backing Ponga in. He's a gun. Yep. Um, I think he's better than Gutho, and I think he's going to outscore him over the next two weeks, and I need points more so than cash right now. So... I'll be holding on to Ponga for that reason. I think he's too good a player not to turn it around. He hasn't. He, he he does not put in too many performances of what he's done over the past couple of weeks, and and I can't see that the Knights will continue to um, keep him unutilized as what they are um, if they continue to have close games. Uh, that's fair enough. And I mean, look, I don't know if it's a Bank West factor, but the the points are flowing there, and Gutho doesn't play there for three weeks. And the week that he does play there again against the Tigers, Pong has got the Bulldogs at home on an afternoon game. That's surely a game you've got to target as a Pong owner that he's going to turn it around. So, and, and, and don't forget as well that um, uh, 
the, the, the Eels have been up for so long, right? They're due for a down game. They're, I, don't, they're due. I don't know that they have because they plotted along after this COVID break and they weren't really setting the world on fire. They were winning games. They've lost yeah. one game. Well, they lost against the Roosters of all teams. But before that, it was scrappy little wins. They did flog yeah, you guys, yeah. um, flogged us. Oh. But outside of that, I don't know, they've been a bit scratchy and that was with Moses in the side. Without him, they've looked a hell of a lot better. Um, mm. But, yeah, and, and well, Gutho is a big, big part of that. That's why it's just it's all like – if you don't have anyone else side. on your side, they are. And I they're, think um, they're a good side. If you want to start while the iron's hot, Nick Kirkup is eleventh. Like anything can happen in this game. If you if you're you know on the fence about Ponga, just oh, I don't know, get rid of him. Make make the trade if uh, if you're feeling feeling risky. I reckon that yeah, I can just see them having a loss over the next two weeks. They're coming up against two pretty good sides. And Manly have proved even last week that they're they are a bloody good side, right? Um, even without Turbo, so. Um, they're they're very well coached and good, and then the Knights are a different level to what they have been in the past couple of years. So I can see them dropping one over the next week, and um, and hopefully Ponga can turn around that. And that game against the Bulldogs is a, a great spot. Let's move on to Teddy now. If I'm going to sell Ponga to anybody after all of that discussion, yep. it'll be for Teddy, not okay. Gutho. I don't need to make this call. I, I'm a Teddy owner. I'm, I'm more than happy. I, I called him out as the player I want to own at the start of the year. Long term, so you know, uh, I the price tag. I haven't even looked at it. What is he like? Nine hundred. Nine hundred forty, I think. Nine forty-five. Nine twenty-eight. Uh, with a break-even of one hundred and sixty-four, which is very much achievable. Um, Forget the break-even. Ignore the break-even. Just yeah. if anyone else is out there, just ignore it. It's the Cowboys. He he <laughs> he scored one hundred and ten points last week from doing absolutely nothing. Not a try. Not a try assist. Just amazing, 40, close to forty points in updates. Like just incredible. Like he just has the the game that is designed for Supercoach. Just the tackle breaks, uh, offloads, runs. Like and the scorers love him. If you don't have him, um, which I don't, and I'm and I'm still considering bringing him in, and it would be effectively breaking my side because I'm I'd be I'd be well I'd be trading out Ponga um, and then nothing Arrow to just to get Teddy in. And uh, and I'm still looking at doing that. So, um, yeah, if you're not an owner, it's been very, very painful over the past couple of weeks. Cowboys, uh, he averages 53 against them from uh, seven games with a top score of 82. So I reckon we've got his number. So I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be trading the, Teddy in or captaining him. The, Maybe I should reverse. The, the interesting thing, JT, though, that you and I have been speaking about um, when we have been friendly um, mm. it is – that teams have struggled this year going up to Townsville after COVID, right? Um, This is a night game, so they've got more time, but they still have to travel on the same day. It's a, what, two-hour, two-and-a-bit-hour flight uh, from Sydney. Um, Getting up there, got to get ready. You saw how the Knights performed. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean, I think back to... Yeah, Cronulla did a pretty good job, but we were equally terrible that night early on into the COVID resumption. But yeah, as you said, like Roosters went up to Suncorp last week, played a golden point game against the Storm. They would have been up for that um, tough loss to swallow that one. A fair few injuries coming out of that. So they're pretty battered. Uh, long trip up there. They've had the week to think about it. Um, but they've also got a grand final rematch the following week. So if ever there was a week for them to be complacent, uh, well, yeah. they're, they're resting coordinator this week for that. So, but I mean, you look at Teddy and just the way he hovers around the ball, and and he just breaks tackles at will. Like, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a scary thought. 
but yeah, um, it's it's a lot of cash to spend, and I mean he's got to have a downtime at some point. But well, he did. He had a he had a HIA. He did. That's the about the only thing. Well, that and COVID. Um, so yeah, yeah. If you're chasing points, if you're chasing points, then you know bring him in. Um, join the thirty five percent of coaches that have got him and won't have to worry for the rest of the year. But um, yeah, hefty price tag. I don't know if you. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have to break your side. You will have to break. Now I'm looking at it. Um, if I don't get him this week, it'll be definitely in two. If it's not this week, it won't be next week. It'll be the week after. Um, so it'll be all kind of guns blazing. I think that um, I'll be bringing Crichton instead um, at a 200k cheaper price level, basically, um, and could uh, potentially produce the same, if not more, points against your boys. No, I really like that. I'm bringing Crichton in as well. Um, yeah, much less of a yeah, risk. And, and equally, you know, he's he's right for those attacking stats on our defence. It's going to be a bittersweet moment for you tomorrow night, isn't it? Only right. Teddy and Crichton? No, I captained Ponga the other night against the Cowboys and he failed. So I've captained Teddy again. Maybe he'll fail and we'll win the game. Mm. So either way, I'm happy. Should be right. Or probably it'll be Brett Morris scoring all the bloody tries and points uh we'll see should we get on to my little segment that i've added in here and it's uh let's do it mate i know you've put a lot of effort into this five minutes but let's go (sighs) please so it's the fallen guns and i use the term guns loosely if you listen to some of the names here but players that have dropped at least 100k this season and are named to start this week so 100k of this starting price i've grouped them into to brackets here the interesting ones the unlikelies they won't make much of that cash back and they just don't do it so i reckon we get the don't do it's out of the way anthony milford uh lost 147k don't do it Bam. yep done orbo gun mitch orbison the uh yeah mr fix it he's down to 247k uh jewel but uh lost 163k He's just going to go back to bench. Corden has come back. Don't do that. Isaac Luke uh, lost 113. No, don't do that. Josh Dugan, I've got him at uh, don't do it. I know you talked about him as an interesting option. Do you agree? Uh, I still wouldn't do it, though. Yeah, 362K, 62 break even, lost 110. Um, He's been playing quite good, to be honest, if you watch the games. He's just not scoring. So, But I think that um, he could do okay at fullback but the concern is just the durability yeah exactly and he's he's held together for the so far this season so he's due michael Cheekham for the tigers named at the center this week <laughs> 221k lost a fair chunk but uh you'll, you'll be there for for a month while bj's yeah. out but um no yeah. thanks mate i've been there done that yep michael oldfield for the raiders 259k named on the wing 67 no. even lost 131 yep no jermaine azako another one of you boys 274k on the wing kicking goals breaking the 60 lost 150k almost uh no nah. yep cool. nah, the runs the runs over after this week mate so no thank you <laughs> it was some run wasn't it you guys were all crapping on about it well and- unbelievable we just didn't realize that they were going to be that bad anyway let's move along the guy's unlikely to make much back but still you know you never know Bailey Simonson, top of the list here, 221K. So I had him at the start of the year. That did not work out. Break even at 29, lost 136K. Yeah, if he gets the 80 minutes, but you've got Jordan Rapana there. So, you know, he, well, he'll jag a try, but he's not going to be the week-to-week option you want. Look, he if he um, he's one to, to keep an eye on, particularly as we move into the season. So just have a look at the Raiders' draw. So from... Um, for round 14, 15, and 16, they play the Broncos, Titans, and the Bulldogs. So if you can jag um, 
Simo Star at around about this price. I don't think he's going to get it moved too much, but from that period onwards, um, you could downgrade maybe an Avarillo or something to him, or someone that, or even a Lomax. Um, you can make a bit of coin there and have a guy that you can potentially be starting in seventeen for a couple of weeks. So it is it is an option, uh, but not for now. Hmm. Yeah, I mean Nick Kotrick's there as well. He hasn't lost a hundred k. He's only lost about thirty. But uh, I'd probably go him over over them own on those matchups. Uh, a couple of other Raiders here. Jared Croker, my boy, three hundred and seventy one k. God, hasn't he fallen? He has fallen one hundred and twenty four k. Break even to twenty four. Um, I've looked at him. I've watched basically all of, all of his games this year. The poor guy just. Yeah, he's a, he's a little yard behind the pace at the moment. We'll kick goals, but the Raiders haven't really kicked on this year. So, Jack classic classic Raiders year of the uh, down year after the the big one. So watch him next year at a, at a cheaper price. Josh Hodgson for the Raiders, four hundred k break even of forty one, lost a hundred k. So you know we know he's been a gun of the past in that hooking position, but. Um, yeah, you don't get points for one on one steals. So until they bring that in, you'd probably forego him. A couple of sharks here, mate. Your boy Britt Nakora. You called him out probably two weeks ago. Hasn't quite kicked on, but he did score a try last week. He's he's been as disappointing as the Broncos this year. Yeah, well, he, I think it might have been his first try last week against the Tigers. It was, yeah. So yeah, 428k break even to 33. Uh, but I think that Sharks handy run has probably come to an end. A couple of tough teams coming up. Andrew Fafida, 457k. So we talk about some fallen props. He's lost 100, but yeah, looking not at interested. The, yeah, no, that that needs. He's got one leg. Disastrous. He scored a try last week. Again, yep. And uh, a couple of ones here, centre wings. Ruben Garrick, 380k kicking goals at the manly side lost 107k on his starting price just hasn't scored the tries break even 42 uh, yeah yeah i ride ryan hall yeah they seem to prefer going down that tavita funa edge so probably no to ruben garrick there josh adocado for the storm and he's one I, I swear comes up like this every single year he'll go into these droughts he has a run of games so he's one that i'm slightly interested in and the reason why that um, I think that it's it's worthwhile keeping tabs on him, if you look at um, the Storm, so for round 10, they've got the Titans and the Broncos, and then in round 13, they've got the Bulldogs. So I am quite interested in Addo Carr as a bit of a pod play um, for round 10. 146k off his starting price for getting him at a discount, a break even of 32. So why you know, not, mate? And and no Vunavalo in the side as well. Um, so they're going to probably go to him a little bit more often. Yeah, I mean, Adokar just unfortunately has never been a consistent super coach option. So yeah, he's he's a risky play, but um, you know, he's coming at the as we said a very discounted price. Some of the ones I've got in the interesting category. So maybe people are thinking of these guys this week. Maybe it's matchup plays or whatever. All named to start. Let's go through them. Uh, probably reconsider having him there. But Corey Oates, two hundred forty-seven k. Completely forgot. Like David Fafita is just due back, and Matt Lodge might come back to the starting pack. But yeah, two hundred forty-seven k yeah, no. for a starting second role. Uh, well. Well, I mean, it's more the point of if he can um, somehow find some form and the Broncos can amazingly or miraculously <laughs> find form as well, um, and he gets that starting wing spot back priced around about that 230K, I mean, you have to look at that at some point. I think he's going to be very cheap next year. I mean, the issue is that he just looks so out of form, so I, I personally wouldn't be going near him. 
Yeah, you can't pick players from the old uh, East Tigers or Redcliffe or whoever the hell the Broncos <laughs> sides are, so uh, we'll see. Uh, one we've talked about here, Marty Tapao, 411K, break-even to 37, so his price has bottomed out well and truly. Lost 161K from his starting price. I know a lot of people probably had him in from that round one uh, fixture, but, yeah, he's, he's well and truly fallen. I think Catfish Wilfred is bringing him in this week, so that <laughs> potentially is the curse of death, the kiss of death, I should say, so... Yeah, uh, a lot of... So who, who are we talking about here? I was just having a look at... There's another uh, David Fafita update by our boys at the Kuruma. Uh, who's he signing for now, Cronulla? Well, yeah, apparently the apparently the Titans have upped the ante to, um, uh, to 1.25 million. Uh, That's the latest report. They're just bleeding the Broncos dry. I love it. Uh, sabotage. Well, well done. But yeah, uh, Marty Tapao, he's very much, a, you know, he's a fallen gun. Uh, he's oh, I'm keen, I'm keen, I'm keen. If I, if I could, I think I told you it was one of the moves that I was thinking about this week. It was going to be um, a giant arrow to a, a Marty Tapao was what I was looking at. If, I mean, just if you have a look at his pedigree. So um, he hasn't averaged under 60 um, in the past four years. This year is definitely his down year. So um, you could do worse than locking him into your um, your front row at that spot, I think. And you know what? He he could is a is a potential cash cow there to making you 150k or something. Uh, if he can pick it up, he scored 60 last week, which is probably more than what you're going to be expecting. So he's a definite option. But um, the one thing that I would say there is he's probably um, if you've got everything else sorted, he he. Um, is someone you'd be bringing in. But I, I if you don't have Crichton, if you don't have Madison, if you don't have uh, Teddy, you just got to get these guys in first. Or even if Nathan Cleary, you've got to get these guys in first, rather, rather more so than these, these 60 points per game kind of plotters, regardless of how cheap they are at this stage in the season. Yep. I think he's played every game with AFB in the forward pack alongside him. So uh, this will be his first test sort of leading that side around. DCE for the Manly side as well, 456K. Lost 120K off his starting price, break even of six. So this is the week to get him if you ever are. I watched mm. his game last week. He got a sin bin and still managed a 99. Uh, phenomenal game from him. He was in everything, could have had another try. They disallowed it. But, um, yeah, I really liked his game. Didn't have a great start without Turbo the week before that. I think put laced on one try with the game. 59 points, though. Yeah, that's it. Well, you got about 30 of them in that last play. But, yeah, uh, DC would be a very handy downgrade for even just a straight trade from Mitch Moses. You've still got him, and now that he's out a couple of weeks longer than we thought, so uh, I really like DC as a value play there, but um, might have a few other fires to put out. RTS. Oh, I do, but I, I, I agree with you, but um, I just think that Cleary streaks ahead of him in, at halfback. So um, unless you can't afford Cleary, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not as sold on Cleary as some others this year based on watching him, but uh, yeah. Well, the, 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 Panthers, the Panthers run up ahead is the reason why you, you're going to be quite... Um, if you don't have Cleary, I think you're going to be pretty sorry with yourself. So they've got um, the Sharks, Cowboys, uh, and the Titans, um, one after another. Uh, they've got the Cowboys at home, mate. So uh, I'm pretty, and then and then they've also got the uh, Warriors and the Sharks not too long after that. So I can see Cleary just going ballistic. And um, don't forget, they finished the season with the Broncos, Cowboys, and the Bulldogs. Hmm, interesting player. But again, Jerome Lewis stepped up and has stolen a lot of attacking points off Cleary this year. So DC's got, I think, Lachlan Croker there with him. So he's not going to 
suddenly turn into an attacking machine. But, um, yeah, cut price option. RTS, the next name on the list, 445K, got the Titans this week, lost 215,000. He has had a rubbish year. Um, on the super coach front, missed last week with suspension, break even a 66. Um, yeah, purely a pod play here. Um, much cheaper than the likes of the Guthos and, and those sort of guys. So, yeah, you, you sort of, uh, I don't know, just throwing a dart and hoping it sticks if you're maybe 20 or 30,000 or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, ben Hunt, <laughs> I've got him in the interesting list here because you just don't know what Really? Yeah, 383K, playing at hooker, uh, only available at halfback in Supercoach, break even at 54, lost 170K on his starting price. Obviously, the first year he's played full-time hooker, so who knows? He could uh, turn into a tackle bot. We'll see. Kbrom, your boy from last year, hasn't he fallen a long way? 240K yeah. off his starting price to 381, break even of 70 this week. Zero attacking stats this year. Uh, compare him to last year when uh, I think we were at a game with probably got about... Forget about it. Move on. Five tries, 10 tries, assists, seven linebacks, 11 linebackers this last year. Nothing to speak of this year. He's still playing 80-odd minutes every week. So, yeah, definitely a fallen gun. He's, he's, he looked to be uh, a little bit injured last week. Did, did his ankle or something and still fought back? Yeah, that's it. He, uh, that could explain uh, the lower output this year and, and the Storm haven't quite been the same side. But uh, if they do kick into gear, you'd imagine it'll be on the like, on the back of a K-Brom and, and that firming into the uh, the attacking side. But, yeah, we'll see. He's definitely a fallen gun. He's the definition of it. Nat Butcher, uh, we spoke about him last week, lost 160k off his starting price, breaking to 50 this week and still available 364k. So he didn't set the world on fire. He got drill, He got absolutely dropped in the opening set, I think it was, uh, and has picked up a rib issue as a result. But, yeah, last week he wasn't quite the base stat machine he was last year. Um, still, uh, I guess, one to watch given the break even of 50 this week. Yeah, yeah, he was obviously the hot hot one last week, but um, yeah, like you, didn't see enough to make me want to jump on. But still, a player that we can look to bring into our side next week at that price range. Sounds good, mate. All right, well, out of that list, I'm going DC is my option. Sounds like you're going to power. Oh, I like them both. Um, DCE and Tapao, um, both look great options. DCE without um, Travojevic should score really well, and then Tapao is just rock bottom price. Um, would like to bring him in this week. There's just uh, other things I, I have to do at a high priority. All right. You want to quickly run through cheapies, mate? Uh, not really, but we're going to anyway. So, uh, well, I don't think there's anyone here really that's um, at the top of the list because they've only played one game. Let's let's jump down to a few. We've already spoken about Tex Hoy. The other one is Tessie News. So, finally, he jagged <coughs> some attacking t- stats last week, 53 points. Um, now is into the negative break-even territory, but uh, under 200K. So he's definitely a player that if you don't own, not a bad option. I think the Broncos are going to stick with him um, for a while, signed a new one-year contract um, just this week. So I think that they will stick. Not too concerned about Clune. We've already spoken about Simonson and Cheekham, and Jay Field is not someone that I'm interested at all with. Moses probably around the corner. Um, I think they're saying that he's probably back in, in 12 to 13 weeks. The only... The only thing for Field is that he potentially comes enough, right? So you could trade to him if you thought you are going to play him, but he's not basement price at 230K, so someone that I'm probably not uh, bringing into my side. Does that summarise it enough for you, JT? Yeah, I think that's good. Although uh, we'll We've got to... some good cheapies next week, I think. We've got the, the couple of the, the Titans boys and also your boy um, Lamello as well. Yeah, that's it. So there's a couple on the, on the bubble there playing their second game this week, so... 
yeah, I'd, I'd be holding off. And, and if anything, I'm almost at the stage of nothing rather than worrying about cash generation. Um, done okay there so far, but yeah. Uh, sooner rather than enough with, uh, with some uh, dual position players at bottom dollar and not have to worry uh, about whether they'll keep their spot and, and make cash and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, um, before we jump into our best bets, JT, what trades are you making this week? Uh, let me just get it up. So I've got um, – so last week I brought Clemmer in. That actually worked pretty well. Uh, this week I am getting rid of some of my second row forwards. So getting rid of Cohen Hess, uh, he's gone, and Alicia Katoa as well, he's going. I'm bringing in Angus Crichton and Enough. So some random from the Sharks, can't remember his name, second row, front row, Jewel. I would have preferred to get rid of Tanoa Brown given his uh, pretty hefty break-even and just seems to be dropping cash. It's 57 break-even. Uh, but I was just a couple of grand short. So Katoa and Hess out, Crichton and enough in. So hopefully Tanoa Brown can um, pick up his work rate. He's been a bit down, but, uh, yeah, it's my trades. I mean, worst case, you could even be moving um, Brown onto to power next week if you want to as well. Yeah, it actually won't, that, won't even be that far, will it, if uh, it'll be, you know, 60, 70-odd K. So... Very much an option. Mm. Yeah, well, my trades this week. So getting rid of Joy Arrow and and finally your boy Drinkwater. Um, <laughs> God, that's been a tough one. But getting rid of them uh, at this stage, going to bring in Angus Crichton and then I'm going to uh, downgrade uh, Drinkwater to to uh, Tex Hoy um, with the potential of maybe starting him, particularly against the, the Bulldogs and a, and a little bit of cash generation. But what that does do, as explained before, is that does allow me to shift the Y into halfback, which gives me a lot of flexibility um, with him and SJ. Um, so I'll be doing that and Avarillo then dropping into my, my center wing and uh, and then bringing uh, Crichton in for this week's game, but also then from a fantastic run of games uh, from uh, not next week, the week after. Then they've got the Warriors and a few easy games. So we're, we're both on Crichton. I'll be VCing him this week for sure. Um, let's move along to our best bets and also our long shot, JT. I'll let you take the honours, mate, after you cleaned up last week. Yeah, it was a yeah, very much a, a lucky one. But, um, yeah, this week for my sort of best bet, I reckon the Warriors are pretty good value against the Titans up at Suncorp Stadium there. They yeah, showed a lot of heart last week against your boys fighting back um, and, and taking the win there. And I think the Titans just basically gave up against the Sharks. It was a... You know, they're a side that, that needs a, a bit of luck and that sort of thing. And uh, as much as it seems to be a coin flip, I reckon the Warriors with RTS back can get on a bit of a roll there. So I'm, I'm taking them 1 to 12, paying about $3 as my best bet. And this week, uh, I've, I've brought in some bit of hired help. So I've got a very high Ooh. IQ punter uh, lurking in the wings there who, who wants to remain anonymous. I guess until his bets start coming through, but he that's in store. It is not. Uh, <laughs> not bet on often, and uh, well, <laughs> he gives me very dud NFL tips that don't pay off. But yeah, the, this uh, the good punter, as I'll uh, refer to him until he thinks of a, a cool name, is going Adam Dewey or Dewey into the Tigers at the line. Uh, that's paying about six dollars. So Adam Dewey to score a try into the Tigers uh, at the line there. So. That's the, I guess, the long shot for me this week. Nothing too exciting, but uh, we'll see how that good punter comes through. Excellent stuff. So, um, I, my best bet of the weekend is the Storm at the line. Um, I think they're giving up one and a half points against the Raiders, and um, 
the Raiders are missing multiple players. We've seen that. Storm just came off a win against the Roosters, and I, I just like whenever you see a um, whenever you see the Storm within uh, basically a, a penalty of any other side from a line uh, for a line. I think you just need to, to jump on that. I think that they should beat the Raiders um, quite comfortably. I don't think they're very good this year. I know the game is in Canberra, but it doesn't really bother me too much. Uh, the second bet, so this is my long shot of the week, and I'm going to be jumping all over a couple of anytime try scorers, multing them together. So Ryan Hall to score a try against your boys. Mike Sivo uh, to score a try against the Knights, and then also Tex Hoy to score a try against Parramatta. All up multi for any time try scorer for those guys is paying nine dollars fifteen. So um, that's roughly around about what you your bet was last week that won. So hopefully we've got some winners there, JT, and we can keep our uh, our uh, fundraising efforts for Movember kicking along this week. We've got our kitty. I think it's around about two hundred and thirty five dollars at the moment. No, it's fantastic, mate. Um, very much early doors luck, but uh, yeah, we've we've got the kitty, we've got it inflated. We'll see how we go. Maybe by the end of the year, we're doing some. We'll call in some hired help as well. Maybe our friend Sparky, who's who's known to put on a, a wild. Uh, if you want to, if you want to lose all the money, you can do that. But uh, <laughs> remember the time if, you if won. You, if you do work for a betting agency out there and you'd like to jump on this uh, to help us raise the money for. For Movember, it's a great opportunity, uh, only an email away. So uh, at the moment, we're investing. Uh, we invested a $100 um, starting pot, um, and that's where we're at. But uh, no, it, we've just hit the, the one-hour mark, JT. So it's been fun. I'm really happy you joined the podcast again. I was a little bit concerned about you this morning. I look forward to playing golf with you again on Friday morning. Yeah, mate. I would much rather be in bed uh, when it was about two degrees outside and uh, you know shanking them into the woods. So we'll see. Friday, I'll turn it all around. I might be high off a Cowboys win. You never know. Yeah. Mm, thank you very much. Well, I just stole your thunder. So on that note, let's uh, end it there. Thanks, guys. Speak to you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 